So as you guys can tell, we're starting a new sermon series tonight, and it's based off the book, The Circle Maker. Uh, The whole sermon series will be all about prayer. Now, I have a little bit of a confession for you guys tonight. I actually haven't read this book. (laughs) So instead of trying to preach off of something that I've never read, I'm going to preach off something that I have. And that's um, what I believe God has revealed in his word for prayer in our lives. Would you guys pray with me? Dear Lord, thank you for today. Uh, Thank you for this opportunity just to be in your house. And God, I know that you're here. I'm excited about tonight and what you're going to do in each of our lives. And Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to be able to come to you in prayer. I thank you for this opportunity to be able to have a relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I heard a story one time, and it was about a pastor. And on this particular Sunday morning, he had just finished his message on benevolence. And he encouraged the congregation to do one good deed every day. So as he was leaving the service, he uh, quickly realized that in the tree next to him was a small cat. He thought, okay, well, I'm going to show my congregation how to do this, how to do these good deeds. And so he tried to figure out in his head a way to get this cat out of the tree. He quickly realized that the tree was far too tall and flimsy for him to possibly climb up to get the cat. And so he came up with this strategy and plan to take a rope and tie it into a lasso. And so that's exactly what he did. And he threw it around the top of the tree and caught some of the foliage and the branches. And then he took the other end of the rope and he tied it to the hitch of his Ford F-150. Now this pastor starts driving his truck Slowly but surely, and unbeknownst to him, while he's doing this, the rope is increasing in tension more and more and more. And eventually, the rope snaps, sending the tree flying with the cat sailing through the sky. The next day, he's in a supermarket, and the pastor sees a member of his congregation who wasn't at church on Sunday morning. And so he was going to go give him a piece of his mind. And so as he walks over to the gentleman, he notices something strange about what's in their cart. Uh, This particular person hated cats. He was known for his deep hatred of felines, but in his cart was kitten food in a cage. And so hesitantly, the pastor said, do my eyes deceive me? I mean, first you missed church on a Sunday morning, and now you're buying cat food? And he said, brother, I know I wasn't at church, but I saw God last Sunday. my, My daughter has been praying for five years for a kitten. She's been praying fervently, and believe it or not, the Lord is my witness. I watched last Sunday my daughter go out into the yard, get down on her knees, and say, God, please give me a kitten. And sure enough, about that time, a four-legged furball landed in front of her. (laughs) Now, that story might sound extreme and over the top, but in fact, these kind of prayers and then answers happen all the time in our daily life. In fact, the other day, I was scrolling through my Twitter feed, And I saw a a prayer and a response, and this is what it said. I literally prayed for chicken fries yesterday, and 15 minutes later, Brooke showed up with some. God is real. God is good. (laughs) That tweet was from my sister. And uh, can I get an amen that chicken fries are a blessing from the Lord? (laughs) Now, these two stories are silly. Um, They're goofy. But the fact of the matter is we're constantly giving God credit for these small victories in our life. Whether it's when we pull into a parking lot and we pray, God, please give me a spot, and one opens up just at the right time. Or we're on a football field and we score that game-winning touchdown and we point to the sky, giving God glory. We're constantly seeing these events where God answers these small prayers. But you see, sometimes there's a problem with that. 
Because it's easy for them to, to see that, to see those moments where God is answering prayers. But what happens when a person has a brother who's dying of cancer and they're praying every day, God, please heal my brother. God, please be there with them. Or the mother who has a son in, Af- in um, a foreign country, God, please be with my son. And while they're praying these prayers, they feel nothing. They hear nothing. They don't see the rain like we saw in the video when the prophet prayed for rain and it was delivered by God. And so tonight what I want to discuss is how to handle when we feel like God can't hear us, when we feel like God is not answering our prayers. You see, I believe that there are a few things that we can do to look at our own lives and figure out if it's something that we're doing and possibly correct the way we have dialogue with the Father. The first thing is this, that maybe when we pray, we're in fact not praying at all. Uh, Let me explain. I remember in college, my freshman year, I was taking a social psychology class, and we were talking about this experiment. And during this experiment, a rat was trained to hit a button. And every time the rat would hit the button, it was given a small amount of cocaine. So after two weeks, this rat no longer had a desire to eat, to sleep, to drink water. It only had a desire to destroy this button. It had such a craving, and eventually it died. You see, so many times we see God in prayer like that experiment. We believe that we just need to ask God, and he needs to give it to us to satisfy the cravings of our flesh, to satisfy our desires here on earth. But as a matter of fact, that's the exact opposite of what God designed prayer to be. See, he designed prayer to draw us closer to the Father, to help us understand who he is and his goodness. But you see, like this experiment, the rat lost sense of life, lost sense of purpose. And so many times when we're just asking God and demanding a long laundry list of things that we want, we forget about the Father who can provide them all. When Christ was talking to his disciples, they asked, God, how are we supposed to pray? And Jesus gives them the Lord's Prayer. And I believe if we look at this prayer tonight, we can identify how to pray every single day because that prayer wasn't just for the disciples. He was speaking to you and to me. See, this prayer starts, Our Father who art in heaven. Our Father. Immediately off the bat, when Jesus is telling them how to pray, he says, identify the relationship. Our Father. So many times we pray to God like the experiment, like we're just supposed to hit the button and receive blessing. We don't see him as a father in heaven. When I think of dad, when I think of father, I don't think of just a provider. I think of that guy who took me to football practice every single day. I think of that person who I want to share the best moments of my life with. I think of that person who's there when I really mess up. And I know that he can help me pick up the pieces. And if he can't, he can at least comfort me. See, that's the idea I have of Father. And I think that that's what God wants us to understand is if our hearts aren't in that place when we come to him in prayer, if we're simply seeing him as something that can give something out, we're wrong. And our prayer life immediately starts out unhealthy. The prayer continues. Our Father who art in heaven, hallow be thy name. Now, growing up, I never understood what hallow be thy name meant. It didn't make sense to me. So I looked it up in the dictionary, and hollow literally means the most special, always right. You see, that's two parts, the most special and always right. And unfortunately, I have a problem with both sometimes. You know, I put value and worth on a lot of things in my life, sometimes more than the Father. Sometimes I make certain aspects and desires that I have more important, more special than the Father of the universe. 
And that's wrong. And always right, I really have an issue with that because so many times in my life when I don't understand why things are happening, when I don't understand why God is doing the things that he's doing, I question him. You know, I like to play the game, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? And does the Bible really say that? We have to understand that God is always right. Always right, even when it hurts and even when it's hard. So our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, this is another hard part because it says thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's hard because we have to start taking responsibility for our part of this relationship. We have to say, you know what? I need a Lord of my life and it can't be me anymore. That means that my ways, my thoughts, my purposes, the things I desire, that doesn't matter. Your ways, your thoughts, your purposes, your plans, that's what matters no matter what that looks like. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You see, if we're looking strictly at what Jesus told us to pray, each and every one of us, we're halfway through the Lord's Prayer. And if you notice, we've still not talked about our human flesh needs. We haven't talked about that yet, and we're halfway through the things that God wants us to pray about. And I think Jesus was making a point here that prayer is so much more about the Father than my problem. It's so much more about who God is than the struggle that we're facing. Prayer is about drawing nearer to the Lord, drawing nearer to his presence. So, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. There's the first human need prayer that Jesus tells us to pray. He tells us to pray about what we need. But he says this, give us this day. You notice that Jesus doesn't say, give us yesterday our daily bread. He says, give us this day. Talks about it in Matthew. It says, why worry about tomorrow? Tomorrow will have enough worries of its own. You see, so many times we rely on the prayers of our past, but you can't rely on a prayer of the past, a prayer that you prayed two weeks ago, because that's not a prayer. That was a prayer. A prayer is one that you pray today. Does that make sense? You can't rely on the prayers of the past, and you can't rely on the prayers of the future because we're not there yet. And when we finally do get there, tomorrow becomes today. You see, God hears and answers prayers in the today, in the today. So I know that we're supposed to pray today because the Lord's Prayer tells us to, and I know that we're supposed to pray for today because we're not supposed to worry about tomorrow. But I also know that we're supposed to pray every day. The three smallest, shortest verses in Scripture are this. Jesus wept, rejoice always, and pray continuously. You know, when you finish the Lord's Prayer, Jesus doesn't stop there when he's talking to his disciples. He begins to tell this story about this guy who goes over to his neighbor's house because he needs bread. And he knocks on the door and he says, hey man, I I need some groceries. I got a friend in town and I have nothing. And the story goes that his buddy said, man, I'm in bed. The kids are in bed. I can't help you. I'm sorry. And Jesus says, don't take no for an answer. He says, keep on knocking. And eventually the neighbors are going to wake up. Eventually he's going to get up and he's going to give you what you need. You see, his friend in this story doesn't give him bread because he loves his friend. He gives it to him because he keeps on knocking. He prays continuously. I feel like so many times, guys, we give up on God. 
We pray once or twice or, or even 10 times, and when we don't see the fruits of our prayer, we just quit. We just believe that he's not there, that his faithfulness isn't real or true. See, Scripture is very clear that we need to pray continuously. You know, I started thinking about my relationships that I have with my friends. And when I went to college, I lost a lot of relationships because most of my friends went to Louisville or UK, and I went to a small Bible college in the middle of nowhere. But you know what? When I'm back with my friends, when we get together and we have those four-hour-long conversations just catching up about life, I remember how much I'm loved. I remember how much I love them. I remember how good our relationship is. But you see, when you don't pray every single day, when you don't pray continuously, you begin to forget how good God is. You begin to forget what he's done in your life. You begin to forget what he can do. And the world begins to become more appealing. You know, so many people tell me, I struggle with addictions. But every time, I just, I can't beat it. I can't stop it. And most of the time I say, well, are you praying every day? Are you praying every day? And typically the answer is no, because if you are, if you're constantly in prayer, constantly reminding yourself of the goodness of the Father, it makes it so much more difficult to give into the world because it just doesn't look appealing anymore. It just doesn't look appealing. The third truth, the third thing that I think might prevent us, might hold us back from having this intimate dialogue with the Father is this. It's a verse in Proverbs, and it says this. It says that the Lord is far from the wicked. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. You see, guys, I got some bad news. Um, Paul writes in Scripture very clearly that there's no one who's righteous, not even one. That means that not one of us in the room, not me, not you, are righteous. And you might be sitting in your seat saying, well, Blake, does Scripture say, is it contradicting itself here? Is it saying that prayer doesn't matter, that, that God can't hear me? No, because it doesn't end there. Scripture doesn't end there. Scripture tells a story about a guy named Jesus who came and lived a perfect life on earth, who died on the cross, whose blood redeems us. But you see, so many times we expect God to answer our prayers. We expect God to answer the things that we desire, but we want to continue to live our sinful lives. We want to continue to live things that we know are wrong. And guys, I'm not saying that you're going to live a perfect life. I'm not saying that I live a perfect life because I certainly don't. But what I am saying is true repentance requires a direction change. You can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and saying, Lord, forgive me, because that's not genuine. It's not real repentance. Would you tonight, if that's you, get rid of that sin in your life that's keeping you from having dialogue with the Father? That's keeping you from being able to talk to the Lord of the universe and hear his voice and know that he's near to you. You know, I know there's probably a lot of people in the room tonight that are sitting in their seats saying, Blake, you don't get it. I, uh, I get all this right. I, um, you know, I, I, I do pray and acknowledge that God is my Father. I know that that's the relationship. I know that He is the Lord of my life. I know that it's His will over my will. I know that. But yet still, still, I struggle to hear His voice. Still. And the reason that I can say that I know that there's people in the room sitting in their seats thinking that it's because, guys, I'm one of those people. I'm going to be really transparent with you right now and just tell you that for the last month, I've been at war with God. 
this time of year is always hard for me because something that happened to me a year ago, right around this time, and I've battled with depression ever since then. And for this last month, I've cried out to God so many times. God, why? I just need to understand. I know that you have a purpose for this, but show me. Why? Why did this have to happen? What, what is your reasoning behind this? And it's ruined my relationships with people. It's, it's prevented me from, from reaching full potentials because I've let it beat me. And I've just continued to cry out for him and seek him and try to find the reason behind all of this. You know, guys, we, we sang at the beginning of this service a song, Oceans. It talked about keeping our eyes above the waves. Charles Spurgeon once said this. He said, I've learned to kiss the wave that slammed me against the rock of ages. If you grew up in church, you know that he was referencing Jesus when he said the rock of ages. And the fact of the matter is, life is going to be hard. There's going to be moments where life is confusing, where you don't have answers, where God is silent. But the fact of the matter is, if that experience, if that pain, if that hurt draws you near to the Father, then it's for the good. It's for the good. And that's so hard for us to accept because the one thing that I've been struggling with the most this last month is Scripture says God will give me the desires of my heart. And I desire right now for an answer. I desire right now to have a reason and a purpose. And what is this? I desire to know. But the fact of the matter is those are all desires of the flesh. And guys, I don't want God to give me the desires of my flesh at the cost of eternity. You see, that's what he's concerned with. The true desire of the Christian heart is eternity with the Father. That's the deepest, most desire that we have if we believe in Jesus Christ. And no matter how hard life is, no matter how much pain we have to go through to experience Christ more fully, it beats going to hell. If something in this life that hurts you, that that breaks you, that draws you near to the Father, that causes you to pursue him more fervently, then it's for the good. It's for the good. So tonight, I don't know where you guys are at. You know, I don't know if you're a person who's struggled with prayer your whole life. Um, But as the band comes forward, I just want to challenge you to look at yourself, um, which is sometimes a difficult thing to do uh, because it requires you to say, you know, maybe everything's not right. Um, And that's really difficult for us to do as Christians, as church people, because the church sometimes says you can't be messy. Church sometimes says you can't, have flaws. You can't doubt God. But here's the fact of the matter, guys. There's a guy in the Bible named Thomas. And Thomas, when Jesus came back from the dead, doubted that he was Jesus. He was standing right before Jesus, and he doubted that it was him. And you know what Jesus said? He reached out his hands, and he said, Jesus. He said, Thomas, touch my wounds. Touch my wounds. See, the fact of the matter is, You can doubt, you can question God all you want, but the fact of the matter is if you're a believer in Christ, there is some day where God will reveal his purposes to us. You have to just continue to seek him. And sometimes God is silent because he wants us to draw nearer to him. The last month of my life, I've been more in the word, I've been more in prayer, I've been more leaning on Christian brothers and sisters than I have my entire life. And you get to a point where you suddenly can hear the whisper of God saying, I did that for this reason. And it makes sense. You know, you guys, if you believe the Bible, you have to believe what it says in Romans, that God works all things together for the good of those who love him. Not just the good things, all things. Even the ugly, hard things that sometimes hurt us. 
God has a purpose. God has a plan. So tonight, maybe this is the first time you offer up a genuine prayer to the Father where you say, Dad, I can't be the Lord of my life any longer. I can't do this on my own. I've tried my plans and my purposes and what I desire, and it's not cutting it. I feel empty and lonely and broken on the inside. Would you show me what your will is? Would you fill me with the hope that someday I'll hear your voice? Someday I'll understand the brokenness. I'll understand the pain, and I'll see your glory. I'll see your face. Would you guys tonight figure out what you need to pray for and draw your circle like we saw on the screen. And not get discouraged if the rain doesn't come falling from the sky because sometimes God answers our prayers in very odd ways, in ways that we don't expect. And he does that because he's God and his ways are better. You see, God doesn't let us have what we want because God loves us too much. God knows us too much. He knows exactly what we need, when we need it. So tonight, would you just pray? Genuine prayers. Get real with God, guys. This is a place to be real. The altar's open. Come and pray. The buckets are here also if you want to respond in that way by giving back what God has given you. The communion is out. You know, we wouldn't be able to pray to God if it wasn't for what Jesus did on the cross. We would have no relationship to him because, like the proverb said, none of us are righteous. None of us are good enough None of us are. See, see, our good deeds won't get us to heaven. Nothing will get us to heaven but the blood of God, the blood of the Savior that allows us to talk to the Father in genuine prayer. Would you take communion tonight and remember that and thank him for that? Talk to your dad and say, thank you for being a good father. He'll never leave you. He will never forsake you. Would you stand and sing and respond tonight however God's calling you?